This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. At some point in your life, you're going to look up and ask, what's my legacy? What is that impact that I made on the world? Did the time that I invested here matter more than just acquiring possessions and experiencing moments? Did I actually make a difference? The conversation we are having today, we think is very, very timely. I'm grateful to be in business with Gary Keller and Jay Papazan because they've been excellent mentors about what it means not just to build a great business, but to leverage your business as a vehicle for change, as a way to leave your mark on the world. One of my first meetings with Gary and Jay, Gary asked me a question. He said, Jeff, what's going to be the give element that'll be at the heart of your business that'll win over the heart of the world? Let us ask you, when you look at your job, your business, when you work every single day, are you serving a bigger mission that is bigger than you? What is the give element that's at the heart of your business that's winning over the heart of the world? Our episode today is all around how you can become a strategic giver. Gary and Jay have built a model out that ultimately will allow people to give away a million dollars, and it comes in five stages. We will be walking through that. We also want to let you know, this is something that we're walking the talk on this, and we are far from perfect. Um, I transparently do not know what that give element is yet that we will build a business model around yet. Our gut says it has something to do with time. It has something to do with education. We have not yet set up that foundation. Will we eventually? I believe so. Is that an excuse for us to not start giving today? No. With everything that has been happening right now with Hurricane Harvey and we know of 8,000 people inside of our world who have been affected, we know we can step up and do something. That's why we were planning on opening the doors to our Living Your One Thing membership community again in the second half of this month. And we decided that here's an opportunity for us to use our our business as a vehicle to make an impact. If you would like to join us for this next round of open enrollment of Living Your One Thing, where we help you take back 24 to 32 hours a month of your time, We will also be donating 100% of the net proceeds of your first month of membership directly to the people who have been devastated by Hurricane Harvey. You can go to theonething.com slash membership if you'd like more information. Again, that's the one thing with the number one dot com slash membership. And you can make that investment yourself and also play a role in, in helping those people who desperately need help right now. So with that, let's get into our episode today with Jay Papazan talking about how you can ultimately become a strategic giver. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen They're chef-created, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including 
popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. I remember when I was listening to The Millionaire Real Estate Agent that you wrote with Gary and the idea of thinking a million, earning a million, netting a million, and receiving a million, and the idea of just all the ways that you can build a business that allows you to make a massive impact in the world. And I wanted to go into the model around giving a million and why people can be really using their businesses as an opportunity to make the impact and the legacy that they want to live. Yeah, and also how having that mentality can also make you a better business. So we had the good fortune a few years ago, a guy named Adam Grant came in, presented at one of our conferences um, on his book, Give and Take. Fabulous book, highly recommend it. And he looked at whether different kinds of people would be more successful. And he divided them into givers, takers, and matchers. Hmm. And he was looking at their compensation. And so you have givers, people are like, you need help? Oh, I'm happy to help. Takers, it's like, you know, um, hey, can I get you to help me do this? And they never reciprocate. And then a matcher is someone who helps you as long as you feel like you're helping them back. Like, I'll pick up the tab this time, but if the next time you offer to split it, like, I kept track of that, right? And not everybody is in every bracket all the time, but he roughly divided the world into that. And what was kind of sad is when he looked at compensation, the very, very bottom of the bucket was givers. Mm. And how is it that matchers and takers are going to have more economic opportunity? And so they reanalyzed the data, right? They didn't mess with it. They just looked at it closer. And it turns out that there was actually a very small sliver at the very top that made the most income that were givers. And then he realized that there's two kinds of giving. There are people who are just very giving, and they also were then potentially going to be taken advantage of. And those are the ones that sometimes ended at the bottom. And then there were people who were strategic givers. And so all of our conversations, Gary, and with our top people were around, how do we become more strategic in our giving? I was going for the weekend with a buddy, Ben, and he and I were talking about challenging ourselves to be bigger givers. And, you know, like, what are your goals? What are your goals? And he brought up the millionaire real estate agent because he knew that we were updating it. And he goes, you know what? What if you asked, you know, how big do you have to think to, you know, be a millionaire, you know, earning a million, netting a million from business, which you and I both know is very hard to do. And then this idea of receiving a million, that means you're not really actively working. You're chairman of the board owner and you're getting a million bucks in ownership income. How big do you have to think to be able to give a million dollars away? And that's when we started modeling Give a Million. And so here's the deal. Like, I know that I've been on this journey for a long time, and most people do not feel empowered to give for a lot of reasons. They either do not come from a place of abundance, 
And they literally are afraid that if I give $5, I'm going to need that, whether they articulate that in their head or not. So they don't come from this abundance angle or they feel like if they can only give $5, it won't make a difference. Mm. And so we started looking at psychology and research and nonprofits, and we we came up with kind of a five-step process for how people can start thinking about giving and maybe improve a lot more than just themselves and their own business, but other things. So can I walk you through that? Please. All right. I feel like I'm, you just dive in here anytime. Um, I just like putting a quarter in the J machine and just letting you go. There we go. That's what I felt like you did just then. I, <laughs> this is something I'm, I'm pretty passionate about because I remember looking up with my wife, Wendy, and uh, Mary Tennant, um, who was our president at the time. Here we are in this you know fast-growing company. We're all... I mean, in the grand scheme, incredibly affluent, if you think about in world terms, like how much most people have and how, here we are in Austin, Texas, you know, middle-class perfection. And at Christmas time, everybody's fretting over what bottle of wine to get for their boss and, you know, whether to get a Lululemon something for their colleague. And there's a lot of obligatory giving. Mm -hmm. And so she was experiencing this, one as the president, and also seeing the culture it created and so she challenged us the following year. I said, look, just for Christmas, instead of giving gifts to each other, would y'all be okay if we decided to give back to our communities? And that was the first time in my life anyone had challenged me to give more than money, to actually give my time. Mm-hmm. And it was really revolutionary, the journey of giving time and volunteering and trying to think bigger about it. Because we, as a department, tried to raise as much money as we could for the children's settlement home. It was a, where a bunch of foster girls stay and really heartbreaking stuff. Like these kids wanted socks for Christmas and you're like, Oh my gosh, who wants socks for Christmas? But that's where they were. So that was my first experience. And then we start walking through this model. And so the first thing we identified, anybody and everybody can be grateful. They can give their gratitude. And there's research that says, if I'm a nonprofit and you give me $10, If I go to you and say, thank you, you're like 70% more likely to give the next time. Hmm. And you'll talk about it and other people will give as a result. It's so crazy how little we say thank you. And what was really cool is it doesn't even have to be the nonprofit that says thank you. If I'm your neighbor and I see that you donated, right, because I've got a little sticker on my car, you say, I think it's really awesome that you donated to, you know, keep pets alive. I love pets. You know what? You inspired me to give. And there's evidence that that's true. So just saying thank you to people for giving creates an atmosphere of more giving. So everybody can give their gratitude, no matter where they are. So what, just to pause, what I'm hearing right off the bat is if somebody's telling themselves a story, I don't have the money that I could be donating to charity, you're saying step one doesn't even have to be money or time. It could be you simply giving gratitude over anything. Yeah, that's the simplest step we could come up with, hmm. right? Is start with gratitude. It's really precious. We don't see enough of it. How do you feel when you get a handwritten thank you note? Really good. Yeah, you don't see those very often. So you can make a big impact by just giving that away. I um, have a friend. His name's Mark Anthony Bates. I watched him do something once. We were at a conference, and we were in the men's room. We were washing our hands, and the janitor walked in. He walked in the room with his head um, just not making any eye contact. He was looking at the ground, doing his work. I started walking through the door, and I turned around, and Mark was walking over to the guy and he put his hand on the shoulder and he looked at him and he said, excuse me, sir. 
has anybody told you yet today that you're appreciated? Hmm. And the man looks at Mark and looked confused and said, excuse me? And Mark said, has anybody told you yet today that you're appreciated? And the man said, no. Mark said, you are. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you're doing here right now. I'm, I'm getting teary just even telling the story. Yeah. And I watched this janitor break down into tears. I did that about a month later, and it profoundly changed the way that I felt every single time I see a janitor. Yeah. I for again. Yeah, there's a lot of people whose contributions, a lot of them feel that they're overlooked, mm -hmm. they're underappreciated, and just stopping to say thank you, you'd be surprised. But as it directly relates to fundraising and mission sure. statements, it has a powerful, and they can measure the impact. So first, give your gratitude. The second one is give your time. And that's the Mary Tennant story, right? It's like, I didn't feel like at that time, we were, you know, people who know our wealth building journey, we were saving every penny living on a, a fraction of our income to invest in real estate. And it's weird. You get in that mentality and you start thinking, well, I'm building my wealth so I can give later. And then you have a great role model like Warren Buffett, who basically is going to donate all of his wealth to the Gates Foundation. And you can rationalize it. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. I'm not going to have, you know, a hundred bajillion dollars like Warren Buffett. But right now, even if you don't feel like you could write that check that would make a difference, giving your time is amazing. And so in the charities that Wendy and I have gotten involved in, we've been chairing one for now five years that helps kids with battling cancer. We try to get young people, like, you know, our event, we do our poker event. It's like, yep. it's like $250. Like most people, if they can afford to go, they can't give beyond that. Um, a lot of times I give tickets away or get young people to volunteer because I know that if they start by giving their time, they're not the ones writing the check. But if they're in the room, when that person is moved and says, you know what, me and my wife, we're going to donate laptops to the entire family or whatever that was. Most of these events have a moment. And they're powerful, like seeing your friends say thank you in that bathroom. That made a difference. They see giving in action, and it'll make them want more for their lives so they can give more. Mm. And giving your time, honestly, most charities, most functions, money starts a lot of things. But ultimately, they need volunteers to make things happen. So especially for young people out there, like you've got college debt, you can, you know, you've got two roommates, right? I get it. You're not going to go to a $1,000 big brother, big sister ball or whatever it is. You could volunteer at it, though. And it's amazing networking. Um, we get so much talent in this building because our HR director, you know, Holly, she is like woman about town in terms of volunteering. She's absolutely been a part of the biggest charity boards. And what's really cool is a lot of young leaders know this, and they're, that's where they're networking to. So it can be a great career move. Give your gratitude. Give your time. Obviously, number three is give your money. You know, in the Bible, it talks about tithing. Mm -hmm. um, that's a tall order for most people. But give what you can and there's a lot of evidence out there that even small amounts matter. And I'm going to butcher the numbers, but for like less than $40, you can cure blindness in a person. There are people all over the world that can't get cataract surgery. Hmm. And so for like $35, you know, they have these doctors without borders that go into India and Pakistan. And essentially for 35 bucks, you're making a blind person see. Like, I don't know, like 20 bucks can do supplies for a kid in Africa for a whole year. Like, 
really relatively small amounts of money, right? Two months without going to Starbucks, basically, right? Could provide for a child or water or whatever for a long amount of time because we get spoiled. We look at what, what, how far does 35 bucks go? You can't go on a date for 35 bucks in the States. But if you look at the emerging world, 50 bucks, 35 bucks goes a long way. Mm. So one, never underestimate that. Then again, I don't have my whole presentation here. Roughly, you know, the top 10%, the wealthiest, the wealthiest are responsible for about 25% of all charitable giving. So they, like this top 1% has a massive impact. And these are the people who are literally writing two and $3 million checks and these huge foundations, right? Well, we read about those in the paper. That's what you watch on ABC News. You see those and they're celebrated. They get a picture in the paper holding the giant check, right? Mm-hmm. We'll do the math. Where does the other 75% come from? Everybody else. Right. So all those little checks actually matter more than the big ones. Hmm. So here with my challenge to people, Wendy and I looked up, we were at this place where we were, we didn't know to give our gratitude. I think we were kind of doing it. That's a, that was a new thing that we added to this. We were giving our time regularly. We were volunteering and trying to bring leadership to some charities. We started giving our money. And so what we did, we started real simple. We didn't know who we wanted to give to. Like we didn't have some passion, save the whales. So we started to go uh, say yes fund. And I just said, how many times a year do you think a coworker comes in and says, my child's Boy Scout troop, it needs money for like, you know, popcorn. How many times do you think that happens a year that someone in your office hits you up for Girl Scout cookies or something? Five times or less. Five times or less? Maybe I'm a hermit. You're a hermit. Maybe I'm time blocking. We guess it was at least 25 times. (laughs) Uh, Well, my wife works in a real estate firm, so maybe it happens more there. But I felt like it happened at least 20 times a year. And so we just said, well, what if we could say yes and always say yes? We never had to say no to anybody. And so we just said, well, let's just set aside. I think in the beginning it was 25 and then it was 50. But we said, let's do 50 times 50 or 50 times you know, 25 times 50, whatever that amount was. And each year when we did our little goal setting retreat, we'd say, what's our say yes fund this year? So when someone asked, we just write a check for 25 bucks or we write a check for 50. And we just set that aside at the beginning of the year. Just moved it into our savings account. We just know that's our say yes fund. And I got to tell you, those little checks in terms of building community, like the world, I mean, my number has gone up because the word is out, Mm. right? People know. They can that if you go ask Jay for a donation, he will say yes. And sadly, it happens through social media now, too, which this is going to be really tough. <laughs> I may have to up my number after this goes out into a podcast, but or lower the amount for a gift, right? <laughs> but we just wanted to be able to say yes to people, especially people we knew, because it just feels good. Yeah, I can give the popcorn or the Girl Scout cookies away or at least put the, you know, the, the, the peanut butter chocolate ones in the freezer for the whole year because I can't resist those. <laughs> but and you do that and it doesn't add up to some big tax thing, but it really is a, a, an amazing amount of goodwill. And then each year you can start setting goals around how much, right, you could give. So you've got gratitude. Are you giving gratitude, especially to other givers? Are you giving your time? Just, man, it's amazing getting involved, what that'll do. 
Um, are you giving your money? And I would say specifically setting up a system or goals or both so that you can say, you know what? We can't do that trip to Cancun because if we did that, we would never be able to hit our giving goals. Most people would never have that conversation because they actually don't have a goal around their giving. Mm. And just like we preach setting your money aside for investing, it costs five bucks a month to set up an account, right? Or less. It could be free. If you free with the right bank account. Yeah. And just, you know, say, look, let's just move X amount of money over there or X amount from every check. And that's going to be our goodwill fund. And long before we can start our own foundation or nonprofit, we can just have dedicated money that we can try to make the world a better place and support the people and the causes we care for. So those are the first three. The fourth out of five, we I wish I had a clever way to say it, to give your leadership. Um, if you're good at something, you don't just have to volunteer your time. You can go lead something. So a lot of charities, um, the pay isn't great. They're trying to maximize the amount of money going to the cause. And I got to tell you that the level of leadership is sometimes all over the place. Um, we've had multiple people we've worked with at the charities because there's a lot of turnover because there's sometimes a hard cap on the compensation they're going to be earning in that position because of the nature of that job. So the lifeblood of a lot of these nonprofits is people who are doing well, not just giving their money, but saying that they will lead a committee, they will be on the board, right? I don't know what it is, but accountants and lawyers, it's a part of the culture that they are going to be sitting on some board somewhere because those skills are so sought after and they're actually kind of expensive to pay for. Mm. But it's not that way. Why isn't that way for writers? Why isn't it that way for entrepreneurs and salespeople? Because they could use those skills too, I can tell you. So Wendy and I for five years have led a committee around this kids and cancer. What's really cool. So now we can talk about how much time we'll give, right? We can talk about how much money we'll give, right, in terms of a percentage of our income in the Say Yes Fund. And now we can set goals around fundraising. And what's really cool is whereas I might feel comfortable writing a check for 5000 I might feel really comfortable raising fifteen. Mm. And that was our huge aha. It's like, wow, the first time we did the, um, the poker tournament, we raised like $85,000 which is a check that we would, we still couldn't write. You know, we were like, holy crap, this is amazing. So if we are willing to step out there and lead a group, an effort, I mean, but now you can do this, like even like running a marathon, right? You start like a GoFundMe page. And instead of it just being, you're running it, you're giving your time, but using your leadership, your influence, how many people could you get to donate for every mile? Right. Uh, Audie that works with us. He does the Movember mustache thing every year, right? <laughs> and I think it's always fun because every year I look at his little page and he's raising more and more money because his influence is growing, his network is growing, and he's going to ask more and more people. So I'm pretty sure if you asked him, what's your goal next year for your mustache? He's probably going to tell you a number that's attached to it. I think this year I'm going to go for 5000 or 10000 or whatever and see if he can hit it. The final step, and this is the one that makes the news, is giving your wealth. You know, can you set up a foundation? Can you actually set up a nonprofit, the Bill Gates Foundation, right? The guy's eliminated malaria. I mean, like, he's built amazing wealth, and he's also dedicated that wealth to do amazing things in the world. Yeah, that is the ultimate step. And that there are models and preparation around that. And that's where we looked up, and people are building businesses, and they don't have that anywhere on their radar. 
And so they wake up with money. And I guarantee you, when you wake up with money, there's a lot of hands out. And so they're being reactive. And so the greater opportunity, and there's a lot of research out there, is as you're building your business, maybe even from day one, you could build it around a mission or an idea. And if the world had already provided a nonprofit for fostering animals or for you know, whatever it is you're passionate about, then maybe you could adopt them, right? They're probably doing it great. I mean, that's what essentially Warren Buffett says. Like, look, I could go do my own thing, but my good friend Bill Gates has already built this amazing machine. It's a better use for me to put my billions into that and let them do that thing they're great at. Or you could be on the other side, you could be Bill and Melinda Gates and, and have a vision, specific vision for what you want your money to do in the world. And then by founding it, you have a lot of control over that. So for people who are business owners and they're looking up and they're like when you said, most people just don't have a vision for what they're going to do once that wealth is there. They haven't woven it into the business. Where can they start? One right there. Gratitude, time, money, leadership, right? Start experiencing giving and why there's a benefit to it at all. I know people who grew up in giving households and they just don't even imagine life any other way. Mm -hmm. My dad raised millions um, for nonprofits, but he did it kind of quietly. Like he didn't drag us to fundraisers and stuff. So like I was aware of it and proud of it, but I didn't actually experience it, which was made that experience with Mary Tennant so significant for me. Because here's this person who's not actually one of my parents. My parents were great role models, but they didn't actually ever push me out of the nest the way she did. So go ahead and push yourselves out of the nest. But I would be looking and saying, what aligns with my business? You know, you've built a business. I hope you're passionate about it. I hope it's not just about the money. You know, you and I talk about this business. We're ultimately in the time business. Are we going to make watches someday? Who knows? Calendars? I don't know. But we're in the business of saving people time, helping them invest it better. Off the top of my head, I don't know of a charitable nonprofit that does that for people. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are both passionate about education. Maybe that's where we'll go with it. Maybe we can teach kids to do this. I don't know. But ultimately, you look up and you say, what am I already passionate about? And here's what that does for you. When you have a mission statement around your business that's not just a financial statement, The people who work for you, and we know this in spades around millennials, they want their work to have meaning. So they wake up every day and they're selling widgets, but they know those widgets are widgets for good, not evil. And they're proud of it. And then they talk about the outcomes they're creating, not necessarily the widgets they're creating. And it has more retention. You attract higher caliber people. These are all provable statements I'm making, right? And there's good evidence that mission-based companies actually make more money. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge amount of benefit. And all I can say is if you've got a heart and you become successful, you're going to cross this bridge. So why not cross it early and start building your company around it? And I love I, I use Tom's as an example, right? So when you buy a pair of Tom's, what do they do? They give a pair. Right. Um, there's a million copycats right now. Like it just, I mean, I, I talk to people and they're, you know, in San Francisco and people are walking in to pitch whatever it is. And when you do this, we'll give one away to some poor person, right? And yes, that's a great model. But if you're just doing that to get VC funding, it's not probably going to work. I think it worked for them because they actually were passionate about it. It wasn't a gimmick. So I think it starts with who are you? What matters to you? Your business probably already reflects a lot of that. Just like your business will reflect your culture. 
And if you imbue your business with real meaning, not just some generic mission statement, you know, we're here because what we do actually provides water for people in Africa, right? It can be a weird correlation. You're just passionate about this. And every time a customer signs up with us, we get to do this for the world. Now your salespeople are not just calling for customers. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, my challenge to you as our leader in this business is how can we be building towards that future? I know that we're young, but it's no excuse. Mm-hmm. We have a great example in Gary Keller. You know, let's keep asking the question. Yeah. And, and for the people who are listening to this, we were, before we hit record, Jay said, what is the give element that's going to be at the heart of our business that'll win the heart of the world? And the answer is, we don't know yet. We're, I'm committed to figuring that out. I think Jay's right. It's going to have something to do with either time or education. In the meantime, it's not an excuse. We're going to find ways to continue to give. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we were launching, opening the doors for Living Your One Thing again anyways. And with everything that's been happening with Hurricane Harvey, here's an opportunity for us to step up and leverage our business as a vehicle to make an impact. So. Is that the ultimate solution? Is that at the heart of our business? Not yet. Uh, it's not an excuse for not doing nothing, though. So it's yeah. it's a start. journey. Everybody starts. That's why we staged it out. You can start really small, just gratitude, affirmations for people doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm glad that you're thinking about it, Jeff. Thank you. There we go. You can start moving up to giving time, to writing checks, providing leadership. It's it's amazing, kind of that journey. And once you're aware that there can be a model for that, I think it helps people identify the right step for them. So that's my challenge for everybody here. If you can't tell, like, I get passionate talking about this because I got to grow up late in life. Mm. And now every year, my wife and I can set goals around how much time we can give, how much money we can give, and how much money we can raise. Mm -hmm. We haven't figured out our foundation either. We've been asking that question for a couple of years might be a little premature. We're not quite there yet, but I'd like to know. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Jay Papazan. I'll quickly recap the steps, folks. First, give your gratitude. If you can, give your time. If you can do that, can you give your money? The key there that Jay mentioned is can you automate it so that automatically every month there's a certain dollar amount that, that gets transferred. Can you give your leadership where it's much more than just giving your money? Now your efforts can scale quite infinitely in terms of the amount of impact that you can make. And finally, can you give your wealth? Can you look at what you are doing if you are a business owner? Can you weave a give element into the mission of the business? So every day when you wake up, you're not just serving customers, you're also making an impact. As I walk away from this episode, and this is me being a student, I keep coming back to that question that Gary asked us at the beginning. What's the give element at the heart of your business that will win over the heart of the world? How can you bring purpose into what you do every single day? How would your life change? How would you show up in the world differently if what you did was driven by a powerful underlying purpose. This is a journey for all of us. It's a journey we are on ourselves. We don't have 100% clarity on it yet. That is okay. 
what we do have is a commitment to going on the road to discovering that purpose, to weaving that give element into the core of our business, that the entire business model centers around that give element in terms of making an impact. And the one thing we can do to get that ball rolling, that first domino that we can knock down, starts with the membership and us opening it up to the public again. If you would like to join us in this next round of Living Your One Thing, where we will help you take back control of 24 to 32 hours a month, go to theonething.com slash membership. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we will be taking 100% of the net proceeds from your first month of membership and channeling that directly to aid the efforts of the people who were devastated by Hurricane Harvey. What can you do starting today? What can you do to start leaving your legacy? Our hope is that you will join us on this journey to bringing more purpose into your business and leaving the legacy that you deserve to leave. Thank you so much for your attention. If this has helped you, please share this with someone else. If you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and click that button. That will allow all future episodes to automatically be downloaded to your device. And finally, if you have not yet left us a rating and a review on iTunes or whatever player of choice, please do so. We read them. We love them. They help us tremendously. And it's great social proof for other people. Thank you very much. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode. 